This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Gordon Damer, how are you? Larry, how was your weekend, my friend? How was Father's Day? Father's Day was outstanding. Outstanding, Gordon, I got to say. Jeanette, right. Jeanette did a fantabulous job for the weekend. Nice. She set up kind of like a Father's Day weekend thing. Very nice. So That's she, wonderful. She, oh, she was great. And you know what that means, Gordon? You'll you be paying for that down the road someplace? I will be paying for that down the road, but it was okay. I understand what I'm paying for, Gordon. <laughs> well, look, at least it's fair. At least, you yes. know, you get the, the Mother's Day comes first. Right. So now you're good until yes. next May. No, I'm not good till next May. <laughs> no, not, not that far. No, 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 no. I got a birthday coming up. All for, right, yes. For, actually, we both have birthdays coming up. Hers is coming up later in the year. So mm-hmm. I have that. Of course, you got the holidays. You know what I'm saying? So right. there'll be some other things. There'll be payback we'll someplace. There'll, there'll be saying. other things. But gotcha. uh, no, Father's Day was great. And with all due respect to my wife, mm-hmm. the highlight of Father's Day was a video for my granddaughter. Oh, that there's no beating that. Oh, a video she sent me. How much? How, I how love, old is the granddaughter? She is six. Okay. How much I love my pop pop. Oh, how great oh. is that? It's, it, was, it was the best thing about the Father's Day. It's, it's, she was one, and Jeanette was one A. It was, it, was nice. that, it was just like that. It was just like that. So it was a great Father's Day weekend. How was yours, my friend? It was wonderful as well. Great. My wife did a great job. My mother-in-law did a great job. Wow. Kids did a great job. Oh, baby. Everybody did a great job. Nice. Yeah. Everybody did a fantastic job. My, my son is now working. Oh, He's look at the job. Oh, how, so, how happy are you? Oh, <laughs> yesterday he went to work. So he was working for Father's Day. We saw him in the morning, saw him at night, but he was working for Father's Day. Wow. And uh, I picked him up. Oh, Larry, nobody has ever worked seven hours before in a row. <laughs> Oh, he was exhausted. Larry. <laughs> oh, he was so. Oh, no one is. Uh, he didn't realize that this is what people do. But he he got through it. He got the first paycheck as well. So is he going back? He is going back. Yeah. Okay. He'll, he'll go back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now he has to realize that when you're at the job and you're working, it 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 kills the 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 point of working if you're ordering DoorDash while you're working, right? Like this, if for $30 DoorDash, you're working, that's a couple hours you're basically working for free. But yes, yes, we'll, we'll, we'll work on those lessons down the road. He got one day in, they, they, more importantly than him wanting to go back, they want him to go back. So that well, was the, the first obstacle to overcome. But uh, yeah, great weekend in terms of the Father's Day. That was sensational. Uh, let him know it's okay to bring you lunch one or two days. Yeah, well, that, that's going to okay. be a harder lesson to teach. Yeah, that's going to okay. be a harder lesson. Yeah, take that, take that money, mm-hmm. and you, it, it'll go a long way. It'll go a long way. It, it'll stretch it just a little bit, Gordon. It'll stretch it just a little bit. But I'm, you, he's a good hand. You'll t- you'll teach him what to do. Uh, everything in due time. Everything Absolutely. in due time. Don't want to overload him too much. After all, he did work seven hours yesterday, Larry. He's a Listen, he got a job. That's the best he did impressive get a job. thing. Yep. Absolutely. That's Give him a, a very proud great. of him. Yep. Absolutely. We're very Excellent. proud. So, ladies and gentlemen, we both had great Father's Day, and then we watched baseball, and it all uh, went to heck. <laughs> uh. So, I'll take the bullet, because Kay's been killing the Yankees, so I'll start with the Mets. How about that for you? I'll, I'll take the I'll, bullet I'll take for it. you. I'll, I'll take, take the it. bullet for you. Gordon Damer, when last we spoke, I had high hopes that at least the Mets would 
give me a representative effort against a team that's been struggling, like the St. Louis Cardinals. It's not that St. Louis is devoid of talent. They're just not playing up to what you would expect them to play. Mm-hmm. So for me, Gordon, I have tempered, going into this weekend, I had totally tempered my expectations of this Met team. I'm not thinking World Series. I'm not thinking playoffs. All I'm thinking is, can this team play good baseball up until the All-Star break? All I'm looking for going into this weekend, all I was looking for was could this team pitch, get good pitching and good hitting at the same in the same game? Could they field better? Could they, you know, do the little things, play smarter baseball, get rid of those errors that they had been making that's made them one of the disappointing teams in Major League Baseball this year? And I was, I thought I was going to be really happy because Pete Alonso was back. Okay, so I got Pete Alonso back this weekend. So, Gordon, I'm thinking we're going to be okay. Here's the start of things getting better, right? That's what I'm thinking. Of course. And and above all that, they win the first game of the series. So I'm like, oh, okay. Now we'll go at least I have a shot at winning a series before they roll against a very talented Houston Astros team. Do I know that the Astros don't have Alvarez? He might be gone for at least a month. Yeah, I do, but, you know, (laughs) they're pretty talented without him. (laughs) Okay, so it's going to hurt them, yes, but I'm concerned that the way the team is playing, going against a superior team like Houston is going to be a big struggle. So if I can get a series win going into that, okay, maybe maybe something happens and it carries over, right? Gordon, you get used to winning. You know, you you get used to losing and you start doing the same things and messing up stuff, so... Winning is contagious as well as losing can be. Gordon, after Saturday, I'm like, you mean it's okay. I still got a shot at I still got a shot at winning the series, Gordon. Mm-hmm. It's split. I still got a shot. And yesterday, I've got, once again, my reliable Brandon Nimmo getting thrown out at third. I've got uh Buck Strobel to losing his mind and switching bullpen guys mm-hmm. when he should have brought Adovino in the eighth and Robertson in the ninth he brings Robertson in the eighth and Adovino in the ninth and you know what Adovino did he gave up the game winning home run so I'm just I am I am as frustrated as I can be as a Met fan so before I get your thoughts I want to hear I want to let you hear from Buck Walter. here's what Buck Walter said after yesterday's loss the positive parts of keep battling back guys really frustrated for them because you could tell how much put into getting back in that game and trying to cover some things that we were deficient at. Finally pushed through with Tommy, and we just couldn't push that other one across. You know, obviously, we're short down the bullpen. Part of it, we knew we were going to have to score some runs today, and we did. And I, was, I was proud of that, so that's what I take out of it is, you know, the way that, you know, I, I just, it's frustrating for me and everybody to not see these guys get a return for how much they're trying to, get back to what uh, we, we could do as a team. Gordon, I am miserable. <laughs> I'm just going to say I'm miserable right now. I don't know what to do. I, I can hear it. I can hear it in your voice, and rightfully so, because after you get done, uh, you go into this series and you win the first game, and the Cardinals, as you said, are struggling the way they are. The thing that I took away from the final two games of the series, I, I'm, I'm trying to draw up in my mind 
as a non-Met fan, okay, where does the improvement need to come? And I think we're all in agreement. The major improvement, the Mets are going to really be in trouble if Scherzer and Verlander don't pitch like Scherzer and Verlander. But I'm trying, I was thinking going into the final two games, well, you know, Carrasco's had some moments. Singa's had some moments. Maybe if those, maybe Verlander and Scherzer, it's going to take them longer to pitch consistently. But if, you know, maybe Carrasco and Singa can maybe step up for a month or so and give you consistent, you get, there's nothing about the Mets outside of poor play that's consistent. Because when they, when they hit, they don't pitch. When they pitch, they don't hit. It, it, there's nothing, it, there'll be a guy that gets outside of Brandon Nimmo in the lineup. There's nothing consistent in the lineup. And you're right, after you lose the second game of the series, and then you find out, hey, Pete Alonso's coming. That's the boost we need. That's the boost. All of a sudden, he's coming back way earlier than we expect. And not only does he go 0 for 4, but you have Ottavino giving up the home run and you lose 8-7 and you drop 2 or 3 against the Cardinals. Uh, I don't know what else you can say at this point for the Mets. It's on the Mets to figure this out. At least with the Yankees, they can blame the injuries if they want. The Mets, they're healthy. This is who the Mets are. They got their team together and they just cannot seem to get it together. So, uh, yeah, they are. It's, a, it's an absolute mess. Because, again, if you're losing to the Cardinals, who are you beating? Yeah. Yep. You're right. And, of course, and we've talked about it over and over and over again. And, obviously, it's the bullpen that you look at, and it's not all the bullpen's fault because the starters, and once again, Carrasco didn't go deep. <laughs> All no. right. So on Saturday, he's out after what three he pitched in the fourth. It was done. So now you're asking your bullpen to get 15, 18 outs. You're a guy short already. Okay. And, and it's hard to, it's hard for this team to recover. And so what you have to hope for going forward is until you get length from your starters consistently, you got to hope that you outslug people. Now that Alonzo's back in the lineup. But the issue is, Gordon, with Alonzo, they were struggling to score runs when Alonzo was in the lineup originally. So yeah. how do I expect that, that all of a sudden it's going to be a resurgence? I don't know. Uh, you just thought it, it feels like that there is a mental barrier. As bad as the Mets have played, talent-wise, they're not this bad. No. You figure at some point there's going to, even if it's not consistent, even if it's not the whole team finding its way and all of a sudden you roll off seven, eight wins in a row, you'd figure at some point somebody's going to step up. There's going to be individual performances where guys step up, and that has not been the case. So um, the pitching continues to be a problem. The bullpen was never really a strength. Diaz was a strength last year. He was a weapon out of that bullpen, but that bullpen overall is not great. So the fact that you're now down a guy and down Diaz, it's not something that you can rely on and all of a sudden uh, get through your, your starter struggling because the way the Mets drew up their team is kind of sunk. The way mm. they drew up their team was that Scherzer and Verlander were going to carry the load primarily. You'd get some decent performances out of other guys in the rotation. You had high hopes for Senga coming over. Uh, but that has not turned out to be the case. So it really does make you scratch your head that this is as bad. The, the situation the Mets find themselves in, they're not this bad. They should not be this bad, but they are. Uh, I mean, you're almost halfway through the season, and this is what you got. Yeah, and the scary thing is 
you don't see there's no place right now the way they're playing, and I'm just going on right this minute, right? Where do you see them putting a string of wins together? I don't know. I mean, what and, and what with the schedule they have going forward? I mean, they, it's it's an up and down schedule, but you just lost a series to St. Louis. You've lost a series to Colorado. You lost a series to Oakland. I mean, how, where, yeah, where? I mean, it, 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 uh, the Mets have proven this year they can lose to absolutely anybody. And at this point, it's on them. Much like with the Yankees, nobody's coming to save them. Nobody's coming to save the Mets. Nope. And the Mets situation, it's hard to believe but with the way the Yankees have been playing. The Mets situation is far worse. The National League, you really can't play your way out of a wild card spot. Even as poorly as the Mets have played, they're not out of a wild card spot. Nope. But if it keeps up, they're going to have, I mean, eventually, <laughs> if there's nothing... If there's no balance of hey, we we lost five in a row, but we won five in a row. Well, then yeah, eventually the gate the time is going to go down. You're going to have fewer games to play, and the amount of teams that's in front of the Mets, they have to basically leap over just about everybody to be one of those wild card teams. The only thing you can hope for, Gordon, is they have much like the Yankees last year, that where the Yankees had a great first half and struggled in the second half. The only thing you can hope for is that the Mets will turn things around in the second half with whatever moves they make or a light just clicks on or something of that nature. Because, I mean, the way they're playing right now, you're right. And it's and it's hard because the National League is, is, is not – I mean, that's central. I mean, come on, Gordon, give me a break. The Pittsburgh in that division? I mean, what? Yeah. It's not – it's 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 going to be – it's – it's very disturbing, very discouraging. That's all I can say. 1-800-919-3776. We'll take your calls when we return on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Gordon, listen, that's what I expect him to say. He's not saying anything I don't expect him to say, but, you know, the question is, I mean, do they feel that way, right? Do do they who are battling every day in this, who are seeing the – how? Do they really have the short memory it takes 
to turn things around and put the streak together. I don't know. You've not seen it so far this year, that's for sure. Nope. And I'll tell you this, I think one of the worst things to have happen to the Mets this weekend, not just losing two or three to the Cardinals, that's bad. The fact that Daniel Vogelback woke up a little bit and now they're going to continue to give it bats to him as the DH when the it's obvious he is not the answer at DH. There's no other team in baseball that would be making Daniel Vogelback their starting DH, but that's what the Mets are doing, so... Uh, yeah, at some point you have to see you have to see some signs of life from the actual team. You do, and you know we jump on Show Walter about the move with uh, Adovino against Robertson, but listen, Gordon, that's on Adovino. His job is to go in and get that guy out. That's yep. his job. Yep. You know, he didn't do his job. He put the manager in the bad spot. So, it's same thing with 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 any manager or coach. I they put you in with the with with the ex- expectation that you're going to do your job. All right. He didn't do his job. And so the manager gets killed. And a lot of players on both these local baseball teams going and not doing their jobs. It's <laughs> no. a lot of them. Yep. It's a lot. Yeah. But, but the, thing, the thing with the Mets is, see, I don't think that the Yankees without Aaron Judge are a very good offensive team. The Mets have their team. And mm-hmm. I, it, it's not a complete team by any stretch of the imagination. For the amount of money that they're spending, you would you look around, you're like, this, this is what we got? It, it feels like you should have more talent overall. But I don't think anyone could argue that the Mets have more talent than a team that's five games under 500. Absolutely. They do. They're just not playing well. Nickerson Queen, start us off, Nick, on the Dan Grosser Show. How you doing? Um, how are you guys? I, a little bit I disagree with you. I wonder if they change their lineup. I wonder if they get a new manager, Alex Cora or Carlos Beltran. You know, let's just go. I think they need a new manager. Alex Cora would be perfect for them. Thank you. All right, Nick. Thanks. Thanks for the phone call. I I'm not ready to. Gordon, I'm not ready to change Showalter yet. I mean, the guy won 101 games last year. This is the, a couple of moves. Yes, you can second guess, but this 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 is not on him. Here's what's on him. When you when you think about the base running mistakes, and the errors, kind of. Uh, those things, I would say you lean those things towards the manager, correct? Mm-hmm. But the the lack of hitting and pitching and stuff, that's on that's on the players. That's not on him. Yeah. Um, the only thing is, is that you can't change all the players. And sometimes if you want to spark, that's it's not always fair. If managers only got fired when it was their fault, we'd see a lot less managerial changes. Sometimes you just want to shake it up. It doesn't seem like the Mets are at that spot. There was some talk earlier in the year, and then it felt like things had leveled off, and, and the reports came, oh, no, the Mets aren't even thinking about that right now. Um, but maybe they're not thinking about that right now, but when the team has not responded and you're looking at what's on the team and it's clear that they are more talented than the way they are playing, uh, it, it does make you think that may, maybe that's what the shakeup – I just remember last year when the Phillies decided to get rid of Joe Girardi. Mm-hmm. The general consensus was, well, they're replacing Joe Girardi with a Joe Girardi clone. What, what sense does that make? But that change, whatever happened in the clubhouse, whatever the personality change, whatever it was, maybe it was a, a wake-up call to players, whatever it was, it absolutely worked. Now, it might not work here, but what do you have to lose? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I just don't I don't think he's the major issue. I think the major issue is Francisco Lindor not hitting consistently. Mm-hmm. I think the major issue is, you know, it, it's 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 
really having Vogel back in the lineup every day. That's, yeah. you know, and, and I don't know if that's, see, once again, I don't know if that's a, I don't, I can't imagine what type of analytics would tell you that he should be in the lineup every day. I, okay, I just can't imagine it. And I know that Showalter is, is more analytical driven Gordon than I was led to believe from some of the things I've read, you know, over the past year and a half that he's kind of, you know, I, we all, we all liked him because we felt he was still one of those guys that, not that he never looked at analytics because we everybody every manager's had a notebook for, from the you know from Connie Mack every manager's had something to write down where they take notes against opponents but you just felt that he was more of a gut guy you know what I mean mm-hmm. but some of the things that you're seeing you're wondering like this is no this is kind of an analytical thing and I, I so I'm, I'm not really sure but I just don't think he's I don't think he's the reason why they're not playing well I think it's them. Oh, it's, look, it's, at the it's, end of the day, really it, it, yeah, absolutely. I, it, the, the, a baseball manager is not making that many decisions that it should impact things this greatly from a team that was expe- you know, coming off 101 wins and a playoff appearance last year and expected more this year. And, and you take a look up and down the, li- the, the line. The, the, the drop-off should not be attributable. There's nothing the manager could do to impact the drop-off the way that it's been impacted so far, you know, the, from, from Lindor from last year to this year or Marte or, or a bunch of guys. Yeah. But at some point, you can't trade Francisco Lindor. You can't get rid of all the players, and it's clear that something is off. I'm not saying right now mm-hmm. because, again, it's not it, – as bad as it is right now, you still have some time, but yeah. you got to get it turned around. But if it doesn't turn around here in the next couple of weeks – your your two choices are we're going to go down with the ship or we're going to try to do something different. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I, I think they would lean towards what can we do at the trade deadline to make some moves to try to do something to shake this team up, to try to get better. I think that's the way they would lead towards first before they'd make a move on the manager. That That's just my feeling. And that also kind of sounds like what Steve Cohen was saying, right, Gordon, when he spoke out a couple of weeks ago. Who am I firing? What am I going to do? What, what is, you know, what, what is that going to be the right answer? And the next question is, I know the caller said, you know, Carlos Beltran or Alex Cora, but who are you replacing him with? Who's going to come in here and just immediately come in and shake this lineup up and they say, all right, you know, let's do it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who that person is that can come in and just to get this team to all of a sudden now flip a switch. I don't know. Yeah, but I think the team right now has to show you something to show you that it's salvageable because yeah. the trade deadline is still a ways away. Mm-hmm. And given the other moves that Billy Epler has made, I, I, the last thing I want him doing is anything. No, 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 no. We're good, we're good, we're good. Uh, I don't know that his judgment is the, the judgment that is looked to to get this thing turned around given that the, the – position you find yourself in is because the moves he has already made yeah so uh yeah it's a tough spot to be in and when you get into trade see this is not trade season yet if you we got to wait another couple of weeks Mm -hmm. before we get into teams willing because think about it all the teams that are in the mix right now if the Mets are considering themselves in the mix yeah all the teams in front of them are considering themselves in the mix so basically you're talking about three teams in the National League three teams in the American League that are, are, are out of it and would be willing to trade with you, if we wait another couple of weeks, it's a possibility the Mets are moving closer to those other teams than the teams in front of them. Yeah, they, they, may, end up, they may end up being sellers than buyers. Right. And, that, <laughs> and, they've got know, none to and sell. that's another problem is that they don't really have anything to sell. Yeah. 
because they have guys with very high contracts. Is somebody taking uh, Starling Marte off your hands when he's making $20 million next year or, or Jeff McNeil when he's signed for another four or five years at big money? They're in a really weird spot, and it's up to the team that is there right now to kind of dictate what direction you're going to go. When we return, we'll continue to take your calls on the Mets. Plus, Gordon, the Yankee hitting coach, has spoken out. Oh, thank God. We'll hear from them next. This hardest thing in Damon Fograsso on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Mets have lost 11 of their last 14 games, and they start a three-game series with Houston. They're due, Larry. They're due to turn yeah, it they around. Are due. They yeah. certainly are. They certainly are. And listen, I got to feel a little better with Alonzo back in the lineup, so that gives me some hope, but... You know, once again, my concern is pitching. How, how will the pitching hold up and give the offense a chance to, you know, do some damage if they can? I went through the Met payroll and figured out their rotation and their main relievers, how much money overall they're making. And I think it was, I think the number was $163 million. And that is more than half the teams in baseball's entire salary. Yeah. Just in the Mets rotation and main relievers. 163. I think that that was the total I came up with. And a quarter of that are in the, the top two starters. Yeah, a lot of it. Yeah, <laughs> 86. I didn't go with the, you know, the, the dot point yeah, or whatever. Exactly. I just, I, I just, so it's almost I, half. I had a rounding. I it's rounded half. it to 43. Yeah, it's half. It's half of the half mm-hmm. of it is Scherzer and Verlander. It's, it's tough. Who to are one, two in this series with Houston. So mm-hmm. it'll be fascinating to see what they do. Spike's in St. Pete. What's up, Spike? Well, first of all, uh, Gordon, I hope you had an outstanding Father's Day. I was fortunate enough yesterday to wish Larry one. And uh, my wish for you was uh, the neighbor who's making all the improvements moves out. That well, would be a great look, I'm sure they're fine people. Eventually, I'll, I'll, we'll get to meet them and uh, <laughs> we'll talk. It's more of a, uh, that's more of a me problem than a them problem, but. You know, well, may, may, maybe some of the repairs they're doing will stop breaking or something. But anyway, it's just a good laugh. I hope you had a great time. And Larry, you know I did. Uh, mm-hmm. I just told you real quickly, one of my boys who's all over the world, he travels. She shows up out of nowhere with a new pair of Nick sneakers and just walks in and spends a day and a half with me. Uh, it was just just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Just uh yeah, you know, when you need a boost, you get it. And you guys give us a lot of boost. And all the guys who are calling in, I'm hearing from them. It's just wonderful. So one comment, I told Larry yesterday, my best friend's a diehard Mets fan. And I'm telling him, and he's telling tell Larry, the pitching will be good. Then then I put the Mets game on, and I go, thank you for flying with Tonsa, you know. Man, nothing's working for them. But, again, again, Philadelphia at this time last year was in worse shape. So I, that's the only thing you could hold on to. And uh, real quickly, I got a comment on the basketball move. Oh, you'll get to it later, I'm sure. I don't know. First of all, I'm happy for Monty Williams, Larry. Yeah, mm. really. I'm happy he got out of there. That combination, Gordon, you like to put a shekel here, here and there? I bet the over on that team every game. How in the world is Phoenix, they think they're putting a big three together? with Bradley Beal and Durant and, and uh, Booker, who, if you look the last three years, figure out how many games they all played, number one. And there's no one on their – I just looked at Hoopside. There's nobody on their roster besides their starting five, and they have no money. So what are you going to do? 
How about Obi now? How about uh, you want Fournier? We got a shooter for you. You know. <laughs> well, I'm serious, Larry. They they have no one signed but the five guys and no money, so you can only get the Jeff Green's, the mid level exceptions. Right. Anyway, I'm getting I'm getting right. way off topic. Anyway, the ba- the baseball will be great. Most important, you guys had a good Father's Day and enjoy everything. And uh, there's a lot going on. We got the draft Thursday night, boys. I'll talk to you then. All right, Spike. Thanks for checking in. Tommy's in Long Island. What's up, Tommy? Hello, my friend. How you doing, boys? Hey, Tommy. Um, what I want to ask about is, what are we going to do to change this Mets season around? What possibly can we do? I know we need help, you know, with a bullpen. What's the problem? I don't understand. Can Can you help me out with that? Tommy, even the Mets don't know what the problem is. Otherwise, they would fix it. Thanks for the phone call. Uh what we're finding out is, Gordon, that the team is flawed, right? Even though you spent all the money, you, you, you gambled that your, your top two pitchers would be uh, consistent enough to get you through the regular season, but really you built them for the postseason, right? Because you figured, listen, if I put Scherzer and Verland at the top of my rotation, I have a good chance to be 2-0. and and I can, you know, between days off and maybe another starter, I could bring them back and win and, and clinch with just them. <laughs> you know, so that was the thought process. But on the way, they've got issues with the lineup a little bit. Uh, we've always talked about them needing another hitter, Tommy, so we know that that's an issue. Uh, you know, somebody to give Alonzo some some protection because really, eventually, people are, are going to stop pitching to Alonzo. They're just going to because he, he's the one guy in that offense that you can consistently get to. Now, and Nimmo. Gordon, Nimmo's, Nimmo's been the best player all year. Mm-hmm. And it's not even close. It's not even close. And he's made some base-running blunders, but defensively he's played well, had a couple of miscues later well. So for the most part, it's been Nimmo, Alonzo, and two of, two of three of the kids. <laughs> you know, Beatty's been good. Uh, Alvarez has been very good. He's slowed down a little bit, but he's been really good. So the, the lineup is not as deep. And the guys who, it's just like the Yankees, right? The guys who you expect to p- produce, McNeil, Marte, Lindor consistently, um, these guys are not giving you anything. They're giving you nothing. And, and, and so that's why you're struggling the way you are. And if you're talking about the path forward, the Mets are kind of in a tough spot because they, without you have to see more out of the current team before I'm going to sink more into the current team. Mm-hmm. If this is if the current team does not play significantly better than it has so far, why would Steve Cohen throw more assets, whatever players, money, whatever, down the into the fire? It, it, it's, it, it might not be salvageable. And think, last year, the reason why they didn't do anything major at the trade deadline last year was they didn't want to trade the kids. Well, a lot of the kids are now up, and you're relying on So you're certainly not going to trade those kids. No. What other, are you going to trade a big prospect to bring something else to this team when last year you didn't want to trade the prospects when you were a team on its way to 101 wins? And you had to be thinking deep playoff run. You weren't willing to trade kids then. Why would you be willing to trade kids now when you're five games under 500 and seem to be sinking fast? You wouldn't. So it, it, what will they look like by the All-Star break? Gordon, I'm afraid to ask. 
really well, afraid to Well, it has to, to start tonight. Scherzer to. and Verlander have to start getting on the roll, and, and, and hopefully that will fix a lot of the issues. It's, we hope so. When we return, we'll turn our attention to the Yankees. That's next on 98.7 ESPN.